the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We might come from different ethnic backgrounds. We might come from different economic states. We might come from different educational development and so forth. But we're baptized into one body by the Holy Spirit. On this Tuesday edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely, he's continuing to talk about, well, what he describes as the secondary doctrines, sort of B-class doctrines, those things that uh, tend to divide us, tend to separate us, and he's going to spend some time explaining his thoughts about all of that as we work through this edition of the broadcast. I'm Mike Trout, and I'll talk more about how you can Become a part of our outreach and at least get in touch with us at the end of the program. Here's Pastor Layton. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part, different spiritual gifts. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that doesn't make it any less a part of the body. And if an ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, that would not make it any less a part of the body. What's he talking about here? We're talking about spiritual gifts. What we're talking about is somebody who has a spiritual gift, but they look across to the other person and they say, I don't like my spiritual gift. I want that person's spiritual gift. In fact, I am so dissatisfied with the spiritual gift that God has given me, I'm not going to even use it. I'm going on strike. I'm not a part of the body anymore. So let me tell you, if we go back to the illustration of the body, what happens if your heart decides it wants to be a lung and goes on strike? you got a problem. With the whole body, not just the heart. What he's saying is, is you need to be, whatever God has called you to, whatever God has gifted you to, you need to be doing that for the sake of the whole body as well as yourself. If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? In other words, what he's saying is we really do need each other. We need to hear, we need to see, we need to smell, we need to do all of that plus the other stuff. But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. This is talking about somebody who is, instead of wanting somebody else's gift, they're so enamored by their own gift, they don't think that anybody else's gift has any value to the body. We don't need you. You know, the church revolves around me. I can handle this. That's the warning he's talking about here. You can't say, I don't need you. We really do need each other. Verse 22, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most important, and the parts we regard as less honorable are are those that we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen while the more honorable parts do not require the special care. And so God has put the body together in such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members, so that all the members care for each other. What's the goal? All the members care for each other. We all need each other. And in order for us to care for each other, we have to be connected to each other. We have to be part of the body. We need to be connected. 
If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body. And each of you is a part of it. All of you together are Christ's body. I'm not Christ's body. You're not Christ's body. All of us together are Christ's body. And each of us is a part of it. If you are a believer, you are part of the body of Christ. And you have been given at least one spiritual gift and more, and you should be functioning in those spiritual gifts in order for the body to be healthy. Now, there have been times in my, in my life where I've had a part of the body that went on strike, a broken arm or something like that. And, 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 and basically, I was crippled. Now, maybe I could use the other arm to cover uh, the, the responsibilities of the arm that was on strike, broken or whatever the case might be. But fundamentally, I was crippled. And when people aren't doing what they're supposed to do in the body of Christ, the body of Christ, the church, is crippled. It is so very, very important that every one of us is doing what God has called us to do in the body of Christ. Now, there are a number of places where spiritual gifts are listed, such as here in 1 Corinthians 12, in Romans 12, Ephesians 4, and also 1 Peter 4. And all of the lists are different. The only gift that's mentioned in all of the lists is the gift of prophecy. And sometimes the descriptions overlap. And the point of this is that Paul was not trying in any place to give us an exhaustive or comprehensive list of spiritual gifts. He was giving us examples. The Apostle Peter simplifies everything into two categories. He says, whoever speaks and whoever serves. Now, some minister with their minds and their mouths. Others minister with their hands and their heart. Two general categories of spiritual gifts. So the point of all this is that God gives the church an amazing variety of spiritual gifts, and a healthy church will have a great variety of gifts. And they are intended to bring us into unity and not to fragment us. The fundamental point here is that we really do depend upon each other. Verse 28, here are some of the parts that God has appointed for the church. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, then those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown tongues. And so this is a partial list. These are examples of spiritual gifts. And I, I probably should point this out, and that is that sometimes we think of, of uh, spiritual gifts as being um, 100% successful when exercised. And I think that it's important for us to understand that that's not a reasonable expectation. Um, for instance, the disciples themselves did not score a 1,000 when it came to exercising the spiritual gifts. For instance, in Mark chapter 9, we are told a story of a man who came to Jesus asking Jesus to heal his child because the disciples had been unable to heal the child. Remember that Jesus said this kind doesn't come out except by much prayer and fasting. So even the disciples themselves uh, didn't, uh, didn't have 100% success. You know, we oftentimes call athletes gifted when they are exceptional. And uh, we got a remarkable basketball team, but uh, even the star of the team or the stars of the team don't hit 100%. Uh, when they're shooting three-pointers, right? And uh, so it's unreasonable for us to expect that somebody who has a gift in whatever area is necessarily going to always, uh, without exception, uh, be successful when they're exercising that gift. And then Paul goes on to clarify that no one has all of the gifts. Verse 29, are we all apostles? And the obvious answer is 
No. Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. Later in chapter 14, verse 12, Paul says to the Corinthians, since you are eager for the manifestation of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. What's the point? That we ought to be looking for and trying to identify the gifts that are most needed in our church and asking God to provide those gifts, either through us or somebody else. But our church family needs these gifts, and so we pray that God will provide them. Now, it talks about being the most helpful gift. What is the most helpful gift? The most helpful gift is the one that's needed in a particular situation. So, for instance, uh, you can use a saw to drive a nail, and you can use a hammer to saw through wood. But it works a whole lot better if you use the saw to saw wood and the hammer to drive the nail. In other words, we want to have the right tool for the right circumstance. We want to have the right spiritual gift for the right situation. So we ask God, and we desire that God provides that. Now, uh, the other point is this, that even, uh, even though we've been given gifts by God and he distributes them, we are responsible to uh, desire them, to seek them out, to find them, and to use them uh, for his glory. So the question then is, how do you find your gift? And the answer is, you absolutely have to get outside of your comfort zone to find your gift. Because if you're in your comfort zone and you haven't discovered your gift, it ain't inside of your comfort zone. You need to get outside of your comfort zone. You need to, get, you need to go exploring. Now, what's going to happen is you might fail. So what? If you fail, that doesn't make you a failure. What did Thomas Edison say after 10,000 fail, failed attempts to create a light bulb? He says, I haven't failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that it doesn't work. Right? You just keep, you keep working at it until you find that spiritual gift because that spiritual gift is so very, very important to the cause of Christ. What kind of spiritual gifts does our church family need? All kinds. All kinds. We need greeters. We need ushers. We need Sunday school teachers. We need helpers. We need worship leaders. We need small group leaders. We need administrators to make sure that nobody gets left behind. We need all kinds of spiritual gifts. Now, the subject of spiritual gifts covers chapters 12 through 14, and right in the middle, chapter 13, Paul puts a chapter that gives us proper perspective of the importance of gifts and puts it in the contrast of love. We see, without love, gifts don't have value. Without godly love, gifts do not have value. Love is superior And in order to show how superior it is, Paul points out that it lasts forever, but gifts are only temporary. That's why he ends chapter 12 with a transitional statement. But now, after I've talked about spiritual gifts, let me show you a way of life that is best of all. This is even better. What does he say? If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels. In other words, I had the gift of tongues extraordinaire, but didn't love others. I would only be a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, man, if I could preach, if I could teach, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, man, I knew doctrine, and I memorized scripture. 
And if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor, if I was generous without limit, and I even sacrificed my body, I became a martyr for the cause of Christ, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. More in this series on the doctrines of the church on the next edition of Study Verse by Verse. If you joined us late, this is a broadcast outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. I'm Mike Trout. And our teacher is Pastor Leighton Sheely. Church of the Highlands is a church dedicated to connecting people to God first and then to each other. And with that thought of each other, there are many ways in which you can learn more about God and do it in a study-type setting with other believers. You can find out all the details on how that's done at Church of the Highlands when you go to their website at highlands.us. That's Highlands. And, of course, there are multiple services across the weekend. So many people in attendance. Uh, Services start on Saturday night at 5 p.m. and then Sunday morning at 7 a.m., 8.30 a.m., 10 a.m., 11.30 a.m., and 5 p.m. on Sunday evening. Again, the details are on the web at highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Thanks for joining us today. Be back tomorrow at this same time, if at all possible, and let your friends know about the broadcast as well. We'll open the Word of God and study verse by verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.